to the Giant Dwarf Podcast, a podcast about Kings of War and a lot of other stuff. Returned. Hey, Billy. Back Where, at last. Where's Not much. Uh, well, how are you doing? Uh, is it early morning over where you are? Yes, it's early morning. How are things going? Did you make it back safely? Uh, to the we US? did. It was uh, kind of a pain in the ass getting through, uh, getting through Amsterdam. There was a whole lot of wind and stuff, so our flight was delayed out of Bergen and. Uh, uh, classic Bergen. Uh. Classic Bergen, but uh, <laughs> it was it was all Amsterdam. It was the Dutch's fault. Oh yeah, I see. Uh. <laughs> so uh, you—it's been three weeks since you were here in Oslo or in Norway in general, and uh, uh, something like that. Yeah. yeah, it was great having you. And it was a pleasure to meet you and all that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we, we've been telling people about our trip a bunch, and uh, it was really just incredible to have somebody to take us around and show us all the all the local things. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that was cool. Um, I've never been a guide before, actually, so uh, it was nice to get some practice. Future <laughs> <laughs> <Absolutely. your> career. <laughs> so, uh, any particular favorites uh, that you remember? Um, I think that Saturday where we went to all the museums was probably my favorite. Um, and of course, the the Viking Ship Museum was super cool. Yeah. Um, I liked uh, experiencing the classic Norwegian pack lunch. <laughs> yeah, get some, uh, some of that brown uh, cheese. <laughs> oh yeah, I bought two packages. I just finished off the last one the other day, uh, so I'm gonna have uh, to order more. On the you have to, you should kick the addiction probably. <laughs> Never. Or it's too late. <laughs> <laughs> that brown uh, crack. Brown crack. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that was great, and then um. When we were in Bergen, we ate at this like super fancy fish restaurant, and I got this soup. That was probably my other favorite thing. Okay. Was it based off brown cheese or? <sighs> no, they. I asked, and they looked at me like I was a crazy person. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, were you able to uh, get some of those uh, like sheep ribs or uh, stuff like that in Bergen? No. So, uh, well. We ate at that fancy fish restaurant, and then by the time we were done with that, we were done, like, exploring with food, and so we went, and uh, there was, like, a fancy, like, super fancy Chinese restaurant right by our hotel. We ended up eating dinner there instead of this other place that we were looking at that had, like, whale steaks and all that stuff. Okay. So, yeah, you were, uh, you, you felt like going uh, Asian food after all that uh, local cuisine? Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, Awesome. Yeah, cool. And uh, I guess shout out to Magnus who gu- guided us around the fortress. <clears throat> yeah, I think I think Michelle said that was her favorite part, just knowing, you know, all the uh, all the stuff that we wouldn't have known otherwise that he was able to point out. You know, all those uh, like that one, those like church stones in that particular doorway where yeah, uh, yeah. they had torn down that church and were just like, nope, these are ours now. Like we wouldn't, you know, nobody would have ever known. So that was just 
really cool. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That was actually really cool for me as well. I've never been properly around the fortress because it's always been a bit too large. The whole area has been a bit too large and I don't know unknown for me, so I didn't know exactly where to walk and all that. Um, so it was just great to yeah have someone just walk you around the proper route and and give you all those those tidbits of info. Uh, like I mean, you could have walked around there and not really learned anything. Just you know look at the look very like shallowly at the things and like yep that's a fortress <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that that's what was so cool was you know learning about the swedes walking across the ice and, and yeah <laughs> you know these are the these are danish cannons because of this period and like i was just very very cool yeah that was awesome those swedish ice walkers those bastards <laughs> they're like white walkers just yeah you know, swedish did you know about that part lars uh, how the swedes uh, Invaded by walking across the ice and kind of bypassing the the cannons at the fortress. Yeah, I heard that story before. <laughs> yeah. uh, so ingenious. <laughs> yeah, it could have. It was a gamble, though. I mean, it, they they could have broken the ice. Yeah, yeah and, apparently they tried sort of just increasing their numbers slowly and like, okay, ten men is fine. Now add a cannon. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah. add, the, add some horses and some carts and see just uh, imagine being the one to be the first to walk over with a huge cart like with a heavy load <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah it's, it's a bit like uh, every, every time a superman wants to test if someone if, if Jimmy Olsen claims to have a superpower yeah. you know uh, superman he will always test by swinging a big, big mallet at his head you know, just to test if he has superpowers. If he's telling the truth. <laughs> like, you see this uh, front covers of these old uh, super Superman comics. So it's funny how that's the first thing he does. <laughs> yeah, you, you have superpowers, eh? Let me swing this mallet at your head. Puny human. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, you have super herring? Let's see. <laughs> oh, yeah. mallet. Like, what? That has nothing to do with my head, with the resilience of my head. Superman. <laughs> oh man, are you into comics, and uh, Billy? Uh, I am. Uh, more so, uh, Marvel comics and stuff. Uh, read a lot of. That's <laughs> for me. Oh no, you didn't. Uh, read a lot of read a lot of Thor, and I like uh, I like the teenage like superheroes, like um, the Young Avengers and stuff like that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, Lars is a comic book nut. Yeah, but well, mostly DC. I, mm. I have a lot of have some knowledge. I don't read that much anymore, to be honest. But no, but it's uh, it's a lot to keep up with. Yeah, yeah especially the superhero stuff. That's almost impossible. Mm. Yeah, especially if you if you care about characters that are not C list characters and like you know, there's like seven Batman books going on at any given time. So yeah, to keep up with. And also the lesser-known uh, heroes, if they get a, uh, if they get their own book, you know, you never know when it's going to be cancelled, which is also uh, annoying. To just to have a story and you like it, and then oh, no one else bought it, so they cancelled it. Yeah, there was a, there was a a Sif comic a couple of years ago that followed just just Sif around, you know, being a badass, you know, lady god, and. Uh, it it ran for I don't know ten or twelve issues and got canceled. Yeah, stupid. But it was like one of the best written, you know, side Thor stories in years. Yeah, stuff yeah. like that is quite annoying. 
But uh, Billy, is our comic books actually like? Is it easy for you to to go and buy them somewhere? Oh yeah, like uh, you know. corner corner bookshops and comic stores everywhere, and oh nice. Um, even sometimes like grocery stores will sell them. That's cool. Depending on where you live. Yeah. So I feel like here in Norway, it's almost an exclusive hobby to be into comics because you have to buy them at these shops that kind of import them. So I have this. Huh. Uh, yeah. I, my impression is that it's really expensive, really, to go and buy any comic book. Like if it's like a American comic book, it's quite quite pricey. Oof. Well, I mean they're they're not cheap here either. <laughs> I mean they're they're getting up to you know four or five dollars a piece at some of them, and that's just. You look at those old issues, and they're like twenty-five cents, <laughs> and now it's you know four dollars. Exactly. And then that's just you know if you follow one book, and then if you're a Batman fan, you got to buy all seven of them. So now you're spending you know huge amounts of money each month on comics. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, when there's big event, uh, big events and stuff uh, in the comic, in sort of the comic, you know, they they cross over and stuff. You have mm-hmm. to buy. If you read Batman, oh, you have to buy the Robin issue and the Superman issue, and the Green Lan- Green Lantern issue just to keep up with the story. That's how they get you. <laughs> <laughs> Those bastards. It's clever. All right. Um, but we are uh, here on a giant dwarf episode, and uh, I was thinking yeah. we could just uh, run through our segments. Oh yeah, uh, and uh, I think we can just uh, declare that we are currently in the local news. <laughs> because yeah. uh, Billy, you were here locally very recently, so uh, I thought that's uh, good. Just, you know, we just keep talking about local stuff. Sounds sounds good to me. It's local, and now you're here globally. So well, now he yeah, I guess <laughs> that's the next uh, segment. That's next. <laughs> <laughs> No, but uh, what's going on locally with you, Bill, on the Kings of War scene? I mean, now that you finally made it back to the States uh, after three weeks of rowing in a small boat across the Atlantic. I, I did the Thor Heyerdahl. Uh, I just got in a raft <laughs> and floated across the ocean. Uh, good one. Good reference. Yeah. Uh, no, we're uh, actually, we, my group and I, our club, the Blue City Brawlers, we just started a map-based campaign. We're running the one that Greg uh, from Unplugged Radio started, or wrote, and so we've been running that. Um, we just did our second turn yesterday, so that was a lot of fun. And then... Uh, the Kings uh, of War? We just did that. Yeah, for Kings of War, so we've got like this big map, and then you have a little, you move your dudes around, and if you land in the same space as another dude, you have to fight them. And uh, you can explore and gain experience points. And I was trying to encourage them all to not make broken, cheesy lists, but you know how it is. <laughs> um, but the uh, the intention was, you know, to not be so competitive because we do attend a lot of tournaments and stuff, and they get a little they get a little bananas sometimes with their lists. No, no self nerfing. Plenty of self nerfing. I took the king on large beast. Oh yeah. But do so the others not self, great. do the others self nerf or just you? <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the elf players, and this is the craziest thing you've ever heard, does not have an archer horde. What? I don't even know how he plays elves. <laughs> how does he even get up in the morning? He plays the combat elves. Uh, well, he had he had like two regiments of archers, and then he had um. He had a dragon. He had some cavalry. I mean, it was pretty balanced. It wasn't, you know, super broken or anything. Okay, but that—that's the extent of the other self-nerfing. 
Yeah, everybody else kind of still cheesed it up a little bit, but... <laughs> so, how did your king on the large beast uh, do? Well, the dwarf king, right? It is the, yeah, the dwarf king on large beast. Um, he, well, I gave him nimble, so he's not totally useless. But then he's 210 points, so... But he, um, he ran around and fought some stuff. Mm -hmm. He did a few points of damage here and there. Um, he ended up dying at the end because I charged something, and he was up on a hill. And I had killed every other unit that my opponent had except for one, one regiment of archers. He shot the king, did like one more pip of damage, and then rolled really high and killed him. So that yeah. was pretty terrible. You were on the hill. That was your first mistake. Yep. <laughs> I had to get on the hill to kill the other guys. <laughs> You're supposed to dig down. Yeah. That's dwarfs. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> dug too deep. But, but there were elves near my home. I had to get rid of them. <laughs> you had to go to the surface, Lars, to kill them. <laughs> uh, there's no underground uh, sort of area in the campaign map? Um, I you think there actually, I think there actually is. I'm, but I'm not over there. I'm on this like, big open plain. <laughs> You're doing it wrong. <laughs> you should that get was the like only place I had to land. You should get like a bonus, uh, some kind of bonus if you fight in the caves if you're a dwarf. Uh, I agree. I'm gonna make that up. I'm technically the game master, so I could just say Ooh. that that's a thing. Oh yeah, boom. You can't lose. It's a thing. All right. Uh, anything else going on, like tournaments uh, coming up for you guys? Um. Well, our local um, tournament that we run in Memphis is coming up in another two weeks. Um, it's a team tournament called the Blue City Brawl, and uh, it's kind of the the best tournament in the United States. Oh yeah, um, it's kind of but, a big uh, thing. Yeah, we basically hold it at our at our clubhouse, and uh, we've got Dan King and John Fox coming. Um, tons of people from Texas, uh, Jake Hutton and Greg Person are coming. Yeah, um, nice. I mean, just. Tons of personalities, so it's it's always a good time. Um, we were kind of the first big doubles tournament, the first two-day doubles tournament, and uh, now there's more of them. So that's we're trendsetters. Yeah, nice. I have heard about the, that tournament. Uh, it's been it's been on the radar for uh, for a while. It always seems like a cool, very cool event. Uh, and you, but you try to to have some. I mean, the rules of the tournament are usually a bit uh, fun and. Uh, extra, extra rules for like scenarios and stuff, or how do you usually play it, stuff like that? Yeah, so the scenarios are more or less straight out of the book, but with some extra bonuses. So like, if you're losing, you can have something to do. Um, you know, that way when you're getting that when you're getting your butt kicked, uh, you can, you know, oh look, I can if I kill this unit over here, I get a bonus point or whatever, you know. Oh yeah. And then. Um, we had usually we had rules for the king, you know, because like Elvis Presley, the king. <laughs> so you nominate one of your models in your army as your king, and they get like some special bonuses. Well, this year we introduced because um, I really like the way the Four Foot Snake had the special characters based on um, based on the guys. Yeah. Um, so we were like, well, let's take it a step further. Instead of them being characters or models in the game, they're they're the Celestians. So like each of us, each of the main club guys represents a different Celestian, and so like once per game per tournament, you can like call on one of these. Uh, Celestians to do something. So, like the the one for me, the spell is called uh, Billiam's Brilliant Bulwark, and it summons an obstacle like in front of you know some unit 
whatever. So basically, you know, if you need this guy to survive or you want like your opponent to be hindered really bad or whatever, you can just throw an obstacle in front of there for a turn. Um, <laughs> and there's a bunch of other ridiculous ones, so it's but it's just a lot of fun. Wow, that's oh yeah, I actually remember that now when you released the the list of extra spells or stuff like that and I mean, most of the people had already signed up and paid and everything, and then you sort of dropped this list of like crazy, kooky rules on them, and they were like, "Okay, yeah, uh, we'll try to adjust." <laughs> well, you know that, but that's what they sign up for. We have so many, uh, just like straight lace tournaments where it's you just show up and play the you know play five games out of the book. Mm-hmm. You know, we have tons of those. The southeast um, region of the U.S., we have ten or eleven uh, events that are just like that. So. We wanted to do something different, and yeah. uh, I think that works. Yeah, but that sounds really fun. Uh, and cool that you're getting uh, international visitors for like a doubles event, because I, I guess uh, before now they have, I mean, guys from the UK and stuff have usually just traveled over for like singles events. I think. Yep. This will. I think these. Yeah, these will be our first international visitors for our tournament. So, I mean, we've gotten people from um, really all across the country so far, but. It's been. It, it'll be. It's really. It'll be really cool. It's a milestone to have people fly across from another country to, uh, to come to it. Yeah, nice one. Uh, I like how uh, other tournaments might have this rule with like the king, uh, but when I, th- I think when they say the king, most tournaments actually think of like a medieval king with a crown. But I like how you guys just think of it. Think of it as Elvis. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Where's your king? Why well, he's right here in his white suit and uh, you know Elvis outfit. <laughs> well, uh, what's funny is um, you know we try to offer incentives for people to custom model their kings, and it, um, the first year ever, um, I don't know if you guys uh, have ever talked to Seth Cook online, but uh, now he lives in New Zealand. So. Okay, well, well prob- I mean I know I know the name. I've seen him on like fanatics and stuff. Okay, well he's incredible, but he. Um, he just moved to New Zealand a year or two ago, and uh, he came to the first Blue City Brawl, and he built a custom king, and he, he got like a werewolf Elvis, and he's like surfing on a pink Cadillac. What? <laughs> and it's, uh, he left it, he left it at our clubhouse, so we have a display case in there. Oh, and, wow. And uh, it's, it's front and center all, at all times. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. He went off. All out with the theme. I think he, I think we gave out a prize for the best king model too, and I think he won it. I'm almost positive. Mm-hmm. If he didn't, then Seth, I honorarily give it to you right now. Sounds like a contender, at least. <laughs> right. So, um, what's going on locally in Oslo, uh, Lars? Any input? Uh, can I just? How is my sound right now? I think it's all right. Okay, good. Because uh, I seem to have the settings wrong earlier, but uh, not sure if that actually mattered. Did you fall asleep and just uh, woke up and uh, like, oh, my, where's my sound? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's why I muted myself, just because I was unsure if uh, where the sound was actually going. Oh, right. yeah. No, it's, it's oh, yeah. fine. Local, um, <laughs> locally, yeah. Um, I guess we have uh, like one uh, special thing. It's like a one and a half day tournament or something. Uh, coming up in in May, and that's your brother V Dog is arranging it. Yeah, and it That's is a fun uh, pun. It is a well. f- it is a pun, uh, <laughs> but it doesn't work in English. I, it doesn't work in English, and and I hate it. <laughs> oh wait, it's it's not a pun in English. No, it's actually a pun in just in Norwegian. <laughs> oh, yeah. because 
I thought it was like, you know, like the hood speak, like, hey, dog, like, how's it going, dog? Yeah, I was talking about the name of his tournament. Oh. Mm. You're absolutely right that V-Dog is, uh, it's the closest thing we could uh, think of to pronounce his name, like Vidar. Vidar, V-Dog, it was like, if you're, Eng- if you're, if you're an English speaker, just say V-Dog. <laughs> but um, V-Dog and Thomas are doing an event called Kings of War. And this sounds all good and well, uh, apart from the fact that it's written with a Norwegian word for spring, which is vår. Uh, and it's written V and then the Norwegian letter for O and R. So V O R. So it actually means kings of spring. <laughs> and uh, I think, yeah. I think it works pretty well. <laughs> Congratulations, V Dog. You finally got to. To use your <laughs> stupid ass pun. <laughs> but didn't we invent that? No, pun? he he wanted to use it when we made the spring spring of war, and All he right. said like, "Oh, you should have t- called it kings of war." And we we're like, "No, that's stupid." <laughs> and he's been kind of pushing ever since for like three years. He's been waiting to use this silly ass tournament name. Oh yeah, we had spring of war. Yeah. Yeah. And so, now it's like, we... it's it's so confusing because I, I, I'm asking people like, "Are you coming to kings of war?" And they're like, "What?" What? You mean, isn't that the name of the game, sort of? Yes, but with a single V instead of the W. (laughs) I think this is revenge for us calling him V-Dog. Yeah, probably. Yeah, okay, so uh, uh, I'll have to get over the name. And uh, it's a tournament in the end of May. And it's just a one day, really, but it's uh, you can actually play the first game on the Friday evening. Uh, kind of, uh, uh, I did that on con- at Conquest, so maybe someone saw some uh, advantage to doing that, so they could sleep in a bit on on the Saturday and also have an excuse to do like a Friday night gaming, get get a game in and some beers, and and, and the game would actually count sort of instead of just being a warm up game. Uh, yeah, that's uh, what's going on here. I can't the date exact date. I actually don't recall. Uh, but it's in the Kings of Norway group. Let's see. Um, yeah, it's the May 24th, Friday. No, the yeah, and May 25th, I guess, is the proper day. That's about it. Any other local things going on, guys? No, not that I can think of. I mean, we've got tournaments every other weekend. I think Adepticons this weekend, and yeah, let's slide into the global news. You guys are thinking locally, and we're acting globally! Because you just mentioned Adepticon, Billy. That's called a segue. That's yeah. a segue that you ride around on. Oh no, that's a different segue. <laughs> yeah, what are those? <laughs> oh, they're getting electric scooters here in Oslo now. More local news. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're already around, aren't they? Yeah, it's like you can rent, you can buy some sort of... Uh, it's like you buy like a mon- like a card that's your own registered to yourself, and you can like check out an electric scooter for an hour, and you have to like deliver it back to one of those charging stations within the- within the hour. You can't just leave it anywhere. I assume it works like those uh, like, uh, those bicycle rentals that you kind of. Uh, I mean, you have to. You, yeah, you have to. You, you can't. You can't leave it anywhere. You have to return it to one of those scooter stations. Right. Because I see them everywhere. Like just. Abandoned all over the place. Really? Yeah, they're just. Oh my I don't god! Know, this, this is going to be get removed pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I guess. 
Okay. But I, I mean, there's not a problem. There's just, it's just a scooter right there, but I don't know how it works. Uh, we have those here, and I think people just leave them on the side of the road, and there's like trucks that come pick them up and recharge them later or something. I don't know. Yeah, that's my impression as well. But, oh, uh, that's weird. I mean, if I, th I thought the whole thing was the point was to kind of make it so that I'm accountable. If I check one out, I'm sort of accountable for it. Maybe the Norwegian ones are, but in America, we're not accountable for anything. <laughs> I see. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm pretty sure that you can get a, f a ticket or something if you. I mean, you can get fined if you just if you don't return it properly. But maybe it's a long rent, like several hours. I don't know. I think uh, you're wrong about that. Actually, I probably am. I think you just have to take it out of your with your uh, app or whatever, and then leave it wherever you like. Shit. Okay. Weird. I'm Next excited. time you're downtown, but just look around. You can see them all over the place. They're just oh, yeah. inside stores. They're just everywhere. Wow. Okay. So we are now we are now littering with electric scooters. Yes. <laughs> Progress. Future. Progress. Futures here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, uh, Billy, do you want to tell us something about Adepticon? It seems to be a, a big thing. Uh, for the one listener that doesn't know what that is, it's like the biggest miniatures convention in, in the United States, I think. Mm -hmm. pretty, pretty comfortable saying that. Um, there's like tons and tons and tons. of Every miniatures game you can imagine is being played there, except the Ninth Age. Um, and uh, it's incredible. Mm. Um in fact, uh, one of one of our one of our local guys, Austin uh, Kerrigan, he had won uh, best painted at the U.S. Masters recently. He's competing in the Crystal Brush competition, which is like the most prestigious miniatures painting competition in the U.S. And oh, yeah. he uh, he made it to the finals with his Void Lurker. It's actually the model that's the cover of Kings of War Fanatics currently. It's like a big old oh, yeah. like, purple demon guy. I've seen that. That's amazing. So he made the finals with it. So uh, it's probably going to be too late by the time this comes out. But if not. You should vote for it. Um, anyway, he's uh, he's incredible, and he's like the the most humble guy ever. Like he he didn't even tell me that he made finals. I just heard about it secondhand and was like, dude, that's amazing! You <laughs> you did something great. And he's just like, yeah, I did. It's okay though. Uh, <laughs> I'm okay. You painting? It's alright. Well, I mean, I think he knows he's good at painting. He's just like not a d bag about it. You know, he's really polite and 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 just. Just very humble about it, which is refreshing because he's so good. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I uh, love how uh, when when the best painters sometimes post stuff on Facebook, then at least the British ones and then the other Brits are like they love to make fun of them by writing like yeah it's alright or like yeah it's it's a bit shit <laughs> stuff like that <laughs> just because everyone knows it's amazing right so they just they write like just the opposite of what they want to say like. Uh, it's decent. Yeah, those are hilarious. <laughs> it's, it's, it happens all the time when Chris Walsh does it, and then yeah, exactly. Nick's always like, Nick's always like, meh, I've seen better. You know? Yeah. <laughs> or like, exactly. Maybe you should spend a little more time highlighting or something. Yeah. <laughs> Could yeah. use a final highlight. Yeah. So um, and the, there's a pretty big uh, the Kings of War event at Adepticon is pretty large this year, isn't it? It is. Um, they just revamped the American Clash of Kings. It had recently, it previously been run by Mr. Mike Carter, mm -hmm. and now um, Shannon Shoemaker, who's another uh, you know big figure on the U.S. scene, he um, he's running it. Um, I think there are 64 players this year, which is like the biggest I think it's ever been. Nice. And uh, I think that's partly because if you win the event and you have a fully Mantic army, Mantic is paying for you to fly to the U.K. Clash of Kings in October. Oh yeah, so, nice, nice. 
big incentive to number one use their armies and i think i saw a post from them yesterday that um 80 of the armies that were in the clash of kings this year at adepticon were fully or for fully mantic uh, armies like oh, nice 100 percent. so that's that's pretty crazy and then um i think the others still probably had a high percentage um of those models which is really cool um okay. and uh so Clearly, their sales pitch worked. <laughs> yeah, that seems to be. Um, they've quite. They've put some resources into that. I think, like trying to tie together these events. Like, if you win it, you get get flown over to the other one, and that's really cool. Yeah, and I mean, it. it I think it provides um, good visuals for the game. You know, people hear about it and they go, "Oh my gosh, they're flying you to another country to play!" Like, it's just kind of cool, you know. And it would yeah. be a. It, it's a cool thing to win, and if you did win it, you know, that'd be kind of like a once in a lifetime sort of opportunity, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, I noticed they actually moved, uh, just a uh, quick uh, correction, they moved Clash Kings UK to late September this year. So mm. for the first time, it's actually not in October. Mm. But anyway, yeah, the Adepticon, uh, it seems great, because I, I think I've kind of, uh, I've always seen every year some kind of coverage from Adepticon, and the the, the, the size of the King's War event has seems to have kind of... Uh, you know, it's it's flexed a bit. It it's never really grown huge, but this I guess is the first year it's really taken off, which is amazing. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty incredible. Um, you know, there was a lot of hoopla about the um, the ninth age getting cancelled, and I mean, I think the forty k tournament has like two or three hundred players. The Age of Sigmar tournament has like two or three hundred players. Um, there's a Star Wars Legion like invite only tournament that's like a hundred players or something. It's crazy, like okay, huge, have, huge, uh, huge tournament. They have space. <laughs> yes. Okay, so we should uh, we shouldn't uh, stop at sixty four is what you're saying. We should aim for more. Right. Well, I mean, like I think, I think uh, you know they gave us a maximum of of sixty, sixty four, whatever it was, and then. Um, but I think you know if they see the kind of attention it's getting, they might, you know, next year it might be even bigger. So yeah, okay, cool. And uh, they have some uh, celebs walking around. I've seen uh, pictures of Ronnie Renton shining his glory on the in the <laughs> in on the players. We've got Ronnie rocking around. Uh, I know Jesse Cornwell, the pizza pope himself, has been walking around. <laughs> um. Nice. Rob Fanuff is there. He's walking around. Actually, the entire Countercharge uh, podcast crew is there. Uh, Je- um, Jeremy, Mark, and Rob are all there. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, seems uh, like a gathering. Properly. Yeah, I mean it. It, it is, and, and you know this is where GW releases all their fancy stuff, and most companies release uh, information about you know what's coming out soon, and oh, it's yeah. just kind of a big, big, a big party. I've never been. It's incredibly expensive. Um, like prohibitively expensive to go, but oh yeah, like uh, uh, like the admission tickets, admission tickets and hotel prices around that time, and um, also like it's just bad timing of the year for me, especially now that I'm teaching school. Like yeah. I'd, I'd have to take several days off work, and it's just not feasible. Okay, so it's because I'm uh, that's the one part I was wondering about. Like, how many days in a row is this actually going on? And you know, how many days are the people the people you just talked about? I mean, how many days are they are they there for? Like Mark and Rob, for instance. Uh, I believe Mark showed up on Friday, and I think a lot of other people got there either late Thursday, early Friday. Um, so is it going like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday? I believe so. 
Okay, it's kind of I don't think I've ever creeping, really... uh, creeping into the week. Um, yeah, I bet it started as a Saturday-Sunday thing, and this is maybe added Friday on, and now it's creeping towards uh, Thursday, perhaps. Uh, that's what I would guess, but yeah, it's hmm. there's a lot going on. Yeah, well, that's really cool. Uh, did uh, Ronnie Renton spill any beans? Have you heard any any inside uh, info? I heard there's going to be a new faction, and I cannot remember for the life of me what it is. Um, but yeah, I read that briefly this morning. Okay. Um, but, but it was <laughs> so it wasn't interesting enough that you remember <laughs> what it was. Well, it, it was more like I was doing some other stuff, like I was getting this turkey together to cook and and, yeah. and cleaning some stuff up, and then I just happened to peek at my uh, notifications, and it was like, oh, this and this got said, and I was like, oh, that's neat. I'll look at that later. But do you think um, it was sure. something that's actually been mentioned before? Like, what was it one of those, uh, either Northern Alliance or Fidia or something like that? I feel like it was a Fidia, but here, let me double check 100%. Check. League of Fidia is the new group. Oh, and it's also so, yes. a league, apparently. We got multiple leagues now. Does that mean they also have uh, halflings, do you think? If they're a league? I hope so. <laughs> Can't have a league Undead without halflings. halflings. Yeah. <laughs> league <laughs> of Fidia. Okay. I'm not sure that's how it works, but <laughs> I don't know if that's a Vanguard release or if it's a um or if it's Kings of War army. I'm not sure. League why should it be oh, a yeah. league? It sounds like a computer game. League of Fidia. Oh well. <laughs> that's interesting. Hopefully we'll see more about that. Um other things on the global news that I can't, can't really think of uh, anything. Uh, uh, I'm sure the Ophelia thing is a big part of news, actually, but uh, we don't really have enough <laughs> info at the moment to go go into more detail. <laughs> so uh, we can stretch it out to an hour, maybe. <laughs> uh, we can try. Well, yeah, I'm uh, sure there's a video, or uh, and actually, as a matter of fact, I think the Countercharge folks have recorded some of it, so mm. we'll probably be able to hear that in an episode, more than likely okay. before the week's out. So yeah, okay. Did Rob bring his like recording gear? Is he doing like multiple episodes? I believe so. He usually does. Um, he mm -hmm. might not have it in uh, as much of it as he did at like the Masters, where he's got like a whole table worth of gear. But he's probably got a small recorder yeah. um, that he's walking around with. And I know Mark. Um, Tends to do that at Adepticon as well. Bring uh, a small recorder and just interview people. So okay, that's cool. I'm sh yeah, I'm sure we'll get some good information. Uh, I like how they just sort of uh, sometimes come out with a like a like a deluge of uh, pod podcast episodes just uh, in a row every day. Like boom, boom. Like uh, suddenly I have like five counter charge episodes that I haven't had time to listen to and I just like that feeling when I I know I have some backed up that I you know I can listen to whenever I want it's a, it's, it's a good thing yes uh, sometimes I, I get sad because I go look through my podcast list and nobody has a new one and I'm like oh yeah <laughs> I have that too sometimes uh, I have two backup podcasts that I listen to but uh, at some point I'm going to get, get through those as well because um uh, like, like for instance, I bought all those Dan Carlin episodes uh, roughly almost a year ago, and uh, I only have like a handful left, you know, like maybe ten episodes left, um, and they're all really short because when those hardcore history episodes started, they were like half an hour. Um, it's only the recent ones that are like 
properly long episodes. So every time I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna listen to this super interesting hardcore history episode, and it's like 40 minutes, and it's over. And I'm like, oh. Uh, have you listened to um, Myths and Legends? And I have not. Oh, well, if you like mythology and stuff, um, they talk about uh, mythology and uh, fairy tales and stuff from all over the world, and uh, they're like 30-minute episodes. They're super, super digestible, but um, that's a really good podcast as well. He's got, I think, over 100 episodes at this point now, um, and it's on it's on Podbean and Spotify and everything else, so oh, that's a really good one. Rob turned nice. me on to that. Okay, that's awesome. I'll... Uh try to search that up really quick okay cool um, I'll, I'll write it down so I don't forget it I could of course just listen back to this episode but I will write it down anyway <laughs> myths and legends cool yeah okay. but yeah it's cool because like um, you know obviously they do they do Viking stuff and they do King Arthur but um, then they do really weird obscure things like some Korean folklore and like South American folklore and stuff oh, so yeah. uh-huh. it's it's pretty cool nice Okay, um, Lars, do you have any podcasts like backup podcasts that you used to listen to to fill the the gaps in your in your day? Yeah, you know, I'm listening to the the Angry Birds Drink Piss and the Angry Birds Movie podcast, <laughs> which uh, <laughs> you know you hate, but you haven't you haven't listened to it. Yet. I just hate the name and the idea <laughs> and everything about the concept. Uh, it's probably good. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, it's really good. It's really good. It's, it's, I hate all of it, but it's probably good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just because, how can you make a podcast? And it, the podcast is called "The Angry Birds Drink Piss in the Angry Birds Movie." And what? how is that not just one episode? Is that a thing that happens in that movie? Uh, yeah, that's 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 uh, that's something that happens in the movie. Yeah, and they go through it in great detail. Um, you know, they have uh, like fifty over fifty episodes by now. <laughs> But it do, uh, they don't. Oh, they don't always speak about Angry Birds or Angry Birds movie or Angry Birds drinking piss at all. So. So they should change their fucking name. <laughs> yeah, that was just a joke by now, isn't it? It's, it's but like, yeah, it's really funny though. Oh, okay. so you're keen on the checking this out, Billy? I just. I, I'll be honest. I don't watch a bunch of these movies like that. You know. Well, I don't just the, like the guests haven't seen the movie. They just. Just oh. <laughs> the anger birds drink. No one's seen that. the movie. <laughs> some have, just... some have not, and some have just seen the scene and stuff. So you don't ha- you don't have to ha- actually see the movie. I haven't seen the movie when I first listened to it either. So. Mm. Mm. Okay, nice. I mean, I, I've played the game. Like I remember that, and I was like, oh, okay, and I'm done with this. I haven't played it in years. And then they came out with a movie, and I was like, how? But uh, <laughs> is it like seven years late or like? Uh... Yeah, it's like too late for the for the hype because like Angry Birds was huge and then they just I don't know. I, yeah, they're like classic. Mistake. I have no knowledge of Angry Birds at all. I'm count uh, me I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out of the bird game, man. I just know now that they are angry and drink piss in a movie <laughs> called Angry Birds. That's so. basically what you know of Angry Birds. <laughs> I just know it was a game. That's all I remember. Oh well, it's like we should make a new podcast, Lars. We call it Lars Plays Dominate in the, in the Giant Dwarf episode. <laughs> and the first yeah. one you play Dominate, and then every other episode, like the rest of the, we, you never talk about Dominate again. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's still called. Yes. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Would be cool. Um, how do you feel about Dominate, Billy? Dominate is my favorite scenario. Oh, <laughs> fire! Oh, that's uh, 
Ooh, yeah, that's a torch. Uh... That's a torch. <laughs> Dominate is my absolute favorite scenario. I like it because it's <laughs> it's it's different than the token ones. Yes, but it's it very simple. It's very easy. I think that's a good introductory introductory scenario, like to teach someone the game. So you're not just playing kill. Like it's pretty simple to be like be in the middle of the board. Okay, I can do that. Mm -hmm. you know, um, I just I don't know. I it also helps that I play dwarves a lot, so I'm really good at dominate. You just you put just a bunch of defense six in the middle of a circle and go come take it. You know. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's cool. It's actually been. Uh, an inside joke here for a while because we uh, really disliked we just re we realized we disliked dominate a lot after we'd produced all those custom dominate mats uh for like plastic mats with the uh, artwork and all <laughs> but um i no longer dislike it like that after they changed it to the majority of the unit instead yeah, of the entire units do you yeah. have any do you have any more of those mats uh, yeah i mean we have like uh 15 of them i think but, I'm gonna uh, send you some. I'm gonna send you some money to mail me one. Hmm, yeah, maybe we could. Uh, I guess we need to send it in like a like a roll. Did we, we sent one to Dan. Do you remember if you sent it in one of those rolls, uh, Lars? Yeah, we did. From oh. work. Okay, yeah. Cause we could do that. Then uh, they don't really like being folded. But uh, maybe we could uh, sort you out, uh, Billy. Let's oh, talk. That'd be amazing. Uh, let's talk of love. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, we'll let's, do that later. Okay. <laughs> All guests on this podcast will not have a free dominant act. <laughs> yeah, so we can get rid of them. <laughs> <laughs> and all listeners as well, actually. So. No, yeah. No, it's all right. Uh, yeah, we don't hate Dominate. Uh, have you heard that song, Billy? Dominate Me by uh, Fight the Fury? Um, no, but I've heard a song called Mutilate Me by Teenage Battle Rocket. And it's, it's cool. about bondage. Yeah. And it, okay. it mentions domination as well. Yeah, this goes like, hmm. It's okay. Dominate me. Oh, this one's a lot more fun sounding, I think. Yeah, it's, uh, you can play it when you play King's War and you roll dominate. Ooh, Lars, when you roll, when you use the app on the or the Epic Dwarf page, you should play like a sound clip every time if dominate comes up. Oh yeah, yeah, that's you a good idea. You should have that song, like you're uh, right. It's okay. <laughs> a really loud sound. Yeah, <laughs> and hope hope they have their volume on maximum and they just <laughs> dominate me. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure we could find uh, some like a song that to go with almost every scenario. Taken hold. Taken hold. Something like hold. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know about that. Is that one. it anymore? Uh, what about um, like push? You could use that. Isn't that a salt and pepper song? Push. Uh, it is. Push it real good. Do, 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 do. Push it. Push it. Pillage. Uh, I don't know. I'm sure. Kill. There's got to be a song. Called Pillage. Uh, what's you, that? Amana Marth band. If you go deep enough in like the death metal catalog, I'm sure you'll find Pillage, Kill, Scavenge, Plunder, <laughs> Rape, Rape and Murder, and all those other scenarios. <laughs> yeah, there's there's got to be. I mean, there has to be a song called Pillage. You know, when I heard someone on the podcast, they were going to say the the scenario Raise, and I was sure they were going to say Rape. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're not wrong. Oh man, it's it's part of it. Yeah, I played the scenarios, kill and rape, and they were all right. <laughs> <laughs> that's the uh, that's uh, the rated R version of Kings of War. Yeah. <laughs> like you, yeah. if you order the rule book online, it's like you have to enter your age, like minimum age. <laughs> <laughs> kill and rape, the best scenarios of any war game ever. Oh, right. thank you. <laughs> 
that we do not in any way promote murder and rape. No, at or all. domination. That clear. But we do like Just, domination. Yes, domination's uh, fine, as long as it's consensual. Yes. We're sort of, uh, I feel like we're like, we talk bad about the dominate scenario, but I mean, I think we said on the podcast before that, you know, we really enjoy it anyway. Like, some of the funniest games are on a dominate uh, yeah. scenario. Mm-hmm. And now we have checked that box where we talk about dominate every episode. Oh. <laughs> there we go. Oh, yeah. Have you talked about it every episode? I'm going to have to go back and re-listen. Uh, we might have failed yep. to talk about it uh, once, once or twice, sadly. But we do try to uh, talk about it every episode. <laughs> All right. Um, well, what do you say we slide into the other entertainment section? I think there's one global news, a sad news. Oh. You know, uh, that uh, Andy Sharp, he botched the last uh, Way to Fire Dead Zone Battle Report for YouTube. Yeah, yeah he did. Uh, oh, yeah. That's so we're, uh, I thought we were going to let him off the hook a bit there, but uh, apparently not. What? I never agreed to that. No, we didn't. Uh, no, I know we didn't talk about it. I just assumed you weren't going to rub salt <laughs> in the wound, but uh, here we go. I was absolutely crushed, so. Oh, yeah, okay. So you feel like venting your emotions about that. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I was a bit excited. Wasn't Ross Diggle wearing like his, his underwear on the outside of his pants? Uh, yeah, it was like, like super, super uh, Diggle. Yeah, fuck. Yeah, well, that's what you get for being noobs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well... Uh, and I blame Andy. Uh, yeah, for Ross all is innocent in, in all this. Yeah, he is still the hero we deserve. Mm. But so. uh, Andrew was the hero we got. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 oh, we we like you. I I like you, and Andy at least. <laughs> I will not comment. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Talk about some other entertainment. Uh, anything? Anyone have any uh, stuff that they want to share about uh, movies, games, TV series, animes? Anything? Sure. And uh, not the pervy kind of anime, preferably. <laughs> Definitely not. No. Not like Jake. Um, I did go see two movies in the theater, which is outrageous because we usually go to maybe one or two a year, and we went to like two in two weeks. Okay. Um. So first I saw, and I should have seen it while we were in Oslo because it was playing there, but I didn't, and that was dumb. But we went and saw Lords of Chaos, oh, yeah. which is about uh, Norwegian black metal band Mayhem, and particularly their um, guitarist, Euronymous, and it covered you know his murder and all that kind of stuff. But uh, that was a lot of fun. It was really good. Um, the guy, uh, uh, Varg, uh, Christian whatever, I can't remember his real name, but uh, he's the guy that murdered Neuronymous and like burned down a bunch of churches and stuff mm. in the 90s he apparently hated his portrayal of himself and he's kind of a racist turd so he was like shaming the guy that played him in the movie online and just being a jerk but I think that the movie makers did that on purpose just to make him angry mm. 
Um, but it was great. Um, the other really great part was, so the first church he burned down, Varg burned down, was uh, Fantoft, which is outside Bergen, because he was from Bergen. And um, But they filmed it at the one that we went to in Oslo. Oh, yeah? Really? And I was like, that's not the same one. <laughs> like, I was like, that's not the one he burned down. But yeah, it was the one at the at the Folk Museum. Oh, wow. Amazing. Right. <laughs> so so we were watching it, and we were just laughing. And then like, there was another scene where, where Varg's like, sitting around in his pajamas, like plotting, but he's like eating brown cheese on crackers. <laughs> and so, so you know he's just sitting around trying to be brooding and evil but he's like just eating brown cheese so we were dying in the theater and everybody else started laughing but they were they didn't know why we were laughing i guess so they didn't get the brown cheese reference right so it was just super fu- it was super funny to us um and uh i don't know it was a good film and then um lords of mayhem was it uh lords of chaos lords of chaos yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was it was pretty good. It's based on a book. I've never read the book. I'd probably like to do that at some point. Um, and then we just saw Us last week, the new Jordan Peele horror movie. That was really good, also. Um, uh, not as like mind bending as Get Out, which was his first film, but it was still very good and like filmed very well. And I'm not gonna pretentiously talk about some cinematography and stuff, but it was just a really good looking movie. Like it's filmed really well. So yeah. Cool. Worth a watch if you like horror movies. Nice. Yeah, I guess I have to see that uh, Lords of Chaos movie. You'll probably point out more locations than I did, but I was just like, ooh, I remember that, yeah. and that's a thing. <laughs> um, actually, I really enjoyed, just a quick uh, side note, I really enjoyed that folk museum because I, I had never been there. I, the first time I was, I was there was when I was there with you. So. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, that was cool. Lars has probably been there before. I don't know, he's more... Uh, it's been yeah, around more. Under times. Yeah. Storehouses. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <Storehouse>. That's, <laughs> that's yes. all those lovely old buildings. And on the posters, it just said storehouse. <laughs> old storehouse. Viking Age storehouse. <laughs> just a village of storehouses. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Cool. And Lars, any, any things? Recent entertaining things? Yeah, you know, I've been watching uh, Star Trek Discovery. It's a new season now, so it's mm. pretty good. All right. Is that on Netflix? Yeah, it's on Netflix. Yeah, it's uh, it's really good. Uh, I mean, for if you've never seen Star Trek before, it's perfect to begin with that. Uh, yeah, first season, obviously. Mm. All that. Cool. And I had a thought about Star Trek in the old because I'm watching a lot of the old Star Trek as well. And it would be funny if they just, you know, it, uh, some of the episodes are recorded before, like, for example, the Berlin Wall, right? It would be cool if they sort of referenced the Berlin Wall or something, uh, uh, you know, saying it's still up, because they don't know yet that it was torn down. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, when they recorded the episode or made the episodes, you know, it was still up, so they didn't know that it would ever go down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's funny if they sort of, it was sort of dated, but it was referenced like things from the 70s and 80s that are no longer a thing. That's a bit, that's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Mm, um, I've been watching a little stuff on Netflix, I guess. watched an anime called Baki, which was like a very violent fighting anime. Uh, but it was one of those new style animes, which is like it's you can see that it's computer animated. 
Don't know if you uh, if you've seen any of those. I think also the new animation of Berserk is like the same. It's uh you can just see the you know, it's like the what's it called, the uncanny valley or whatever. Uh, that they're en- unable to portray it, the the faces in a good way. Is that like how um the Dragon Prince is on Netflix? Have you watched that? Oh, I did try to check that out actually. Uh, I don't think I. I think I started watching it, but I can't recall. Let's see. Um, well, yeah, I guess it's part of the same thing. So, did you, did you recognize the, the the stuff I was saying? Like that you can sometimes feel it's computer animated. Yes, that, that's what made me think of it. Um, I don't watch oh, a ton yeah. of animes or anything, but the oh, yeah. I really liked the Dragon Prince. I do. Re- I did watch the Dragon Prince actually. I thought that was pretty good. Um, but I do also remember, uh, yeah, that, that it was felt. It felt sometimes like you kind of disconnected it slightly because you're like, oh yeah, that was you know, the, you, you take so notice of it when it happens. It's just so weird. Um, it's like, is it worth it? Is is the attempt to go like 3D digital worth it when? People sort of like, oh, that's that's computer. Yeah, I think you gotta like work really hard to blend it in. Mm-hmm. You know, like that, uh, like that stampede scene in The Lion King. Mm-hmm. Like that was all CGI, but like it blends in really well, and you don't notice it. Really. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I watched uh, that Baki, and then I'm watching currently uh, Code Geass uh, or Code Geese. I'm not sure how you pronounce it even. It's called uh, the Rebellion or something. It was pretty good. Uh, it's kind of a mix of uh, of it's like a Mech Warrior series in the basis, the Code Geass series, but it's also kind of a little Death Note because the the main character in this uh, Lelouch Rebellion series he gets this power, which is all very much like in the Death Note series when he can sort of tell he can basically basically command people what to do, and he's leading this rebellion. So he's actually a, like leading a terrorist group, he's like a terrorist leader. So it's pretty weird. You're actually rooting for the for the the rebel re- rebel terrorist forces trying to overthrow. Um, it's actually uh, this nation called Britannia has uh, taken over Japan um, and most of the, and most <laughs> of the and most of the known world, and they're trying to free Japan again from Britannia, which kind of is a mix of America and and Britain. And uh, <laughs> that's pretty good actually. <laughs> Uh, Co- Code Geass or Geiss or whatever it is. Code Geass, yeah. Okay, I'll have to look at that. It yeah, sounds but, cool. But it's called. I think my brother told me there are several Code Geass series, and this is this one is called the Rebellion or the Lelouch Rebellion or something, which is this particular one with the with the guy getting the power. So something with the Rebellion, and you, you should be able to. Find. And uh, otherwise, uh, I'm not going to talk f- for, a, for a lot about Total War, because Jens pointed out that I talk about Total War on every episode. Uh, <laughs> just like yeah, Lars you claim talks. I talk about Crusader Kings every episode, which I don't. We, I'm I... sure we talk equal amounts of either, <laughs> no, okay. of either Crusader Kings or Total War. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm just going to go quickly, because <laughs> I, of course, finished my uh, Holy Roman Empire on hard. So I thought this is I need oh, to go need to go like uh, super hard now. So I'm gonna I started again on very hard, and I chose Scotland because I thought I need a little breathing space if I if, if I'm gonna play very hard. I can't start like in Central Europe, right? But very hard is just a it's it's almost too hard. It's like the the makers of the, makers of the game were like, oh yeah, you're gonna you think you're good enough to play on very hard? Yeah, okay, let's let's see what you got, and it's just. 
everyone's out to get me like uh, I'm trying to get to take my neighbor and suddenly like a nation from across the world basically just pulls up with a ship and invades from my coast like what do you what, what do you have against me I mean <laughs> yeah. how did you even know Scotland existed exactly so now it's like oh this, it's almost too hard so I, I'm getting a bit demotivated I don't think I'm gonna try it and in every battle it's like the enemy enemy have a bet, better much better morale than, than my troops like automatically so I don't know it feels like they just turn it up to 11 just to you know stomp people down that think they're, they're good enough <laughs> so sure. uh, mm. yeah. pretty depressed right now actually <laughs> you should try this other game called uh, CK2 you know Crusader Kings 2 <laughs> <laughs> really? Tell us more, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Okay. Yeah, well, uh, is, is, are we going to put a, a stop to the other entertainment for now? Um, oh, one more thing. I'm reading, um, I'm reading Joe Abercrombie's book, uh, The Heroes, Ooh. which takes place like seven years after the first Law trilogy. Very nice. I'm not done with it. I'm like, I'm roughly halfway through with it, but um, yeah. it is. There's a lot going on, but it's yeah, a good book. That it it is good though. I'm enjoying it. So. Yeah, me actually, we've uh, both me and Lars have uh, read that. Ooh. So you're in good company. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Lars gave me a tip, which I actually was unable to follow, and that was uh, you, if you can, you should have like a map. You should download or at least look up once or twice a map of the battlefield that's being described because it's very hard sometimes at least you know, it's hard to keep track or it's even cooler if you're able to look at the map like what's going on where they are in the the copy i have the it has the map printed in it so yeah but oh, you see think, yeah. fred only reads by listening on audiobooks well the other <laughs> yes. the other three books i had listened to um and this is the first one of his that i'm actually like reading reading yeah um, well, good, yeah. good choice, good choice, because that's the, that's kind of the largest point. Like, oh, you're not reading it, then you're you're gonna miss out on the map. So I had to go like online yeah. and find the map, and I looked at it. I looked at it once or twice, and after that, I felt like I had a good idea what what was going on. But I do admit that I kind of lost the thread once or twice after. Uh, like, anyway. I mean, there are a ton of characters. Like, the only, there was one chapter I read. It was only like a page and a half. They introduced a character and killed him in less than a page, and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's very uh, Abercrombish. Yeah, I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> oh, but I like man. it because, like, um, what's what's interesting about this book compared to uh, the rest of the trilogy was it focuses a lot more on just like how war sucks. Yeah. Um, and so, like, you hear about these soldiers having just a shitty time. You know, they're digging out latrines or just getting shot in the face with a crossbow bolter. Isn't that the one of the main characters? Is that this- very sneaky soldier who doesn't who yes he's just trying to get by and not get killed sort of he is probably my favorite character in the book I, and now I can't remember his name and I feel like an idiot but yeah he's amazing because he's like a he's like an officer but he just his, he even tells his whole group of new recruits that are all like we're ready to fight and he's like no we're not going to do any of that <laughs> we're going to we're going to not die and we're going to drink and we're going to have a, you know, a good time yeah. it's inc- it's incredible yeah, exactly. He's really cool. Yeah, I can't remember his name either, but he's gonna. He, he appears really quite early in the story, so you're gonna know uh, who we're talking about if you if you ever read it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
I was actually thinking to introduce a new segment. Whoa, okay, no. yeah. I gave you <laughs> I did give you powers to to jump in whenever, so yeah, go for it. <laughs> it's true, you did. Well, the one minute uh, D&D sort of uh, segment. Ooh, oh. nice. So, and I think I was thinking doing it literally one minute um, of D&D, but not really. <laughs> uh, because I had this idea to have to just introduce like a uh, sort of a uh, a scene in a D&D scenario kind of thing mm-hmm. and then use one minute to just go through it but it would probably be more like five probably okay. in reality but um, you want to try that? yeah sure let's do it so uh, uh, is there any special uh, uh, characters you want to be? <laughs> <laughs> we should decide quickly right? <laughs> well I haven't put the timer on. I was thinking doing like the timer goes when we st- actually start Sort of, but you know, we can. Uh, we should. We just... sh- it should be fast and furious, I think. Yeah, sure. Uh, I'll be a wizard. Oh, classic wizard. And what about Billy? Yeah, I'm gonna. I guess I'll be like a dwarf fighter. All right, it's cool. kind of my jam. Shield, axe. All right, cool. Can and, I be uh, afraid of the dark? Sure, sure. You're a wizard, afraid of the dark. I was thinking because Bill is probably not going to be recurring on this uh, segment. No, so, so we should kill like, him off. Yeah, I thought maybe it could be like a su- <laughs> uh, he's been summoned, sort of. Mm? I think it may be uh, in, uh, in this case, it might be because you're a wizard, you have used some sort of scroll to summon a dwarf, uh, dwarf fighter, sort of. Nice. And uh, and and uh, you as a wizard, you're you're uh, you're out to hunt down other wizards. I guess, cool. and uh, and uh, you're standing outside. Uh, he won a, a wizard tower, and this uh, and you need some help to open a, a frozen door. So you, you summon a dwarf, uh, and you're already discussed like what the deal is. Of course, uh, Billy's character, the dwarf, is a bit annoyed because he was summoned. Uh, you know, did he get any? Was... Did he get any warning before he was summoned, or did did I just pull up my scroll and it just happened? I imagine the uh, the spell works that he's just he was probably in some sort of uh, raid or something, and he was just pulled out, and uh, he's missing out on loot at the at, at the moment, so he's a bit annoyed. Hmm. Welcome, so. Billy. Hope you weren't busy. <laughs> what? Do you have any names actually? That would be helpful. Yeah, King be. Billiam the thirty seventh. <laughs> okay, and I'm uh, Fred Meister. <laughs> Fred Meister and Billy. King Billy. <laughs> King Billy. Mm. <laughs> All right, he's a king. Right, yeah. he's summoned a dwarf king <laughs> uh, to open a, a frozen door. So yeah, you're, so you're you're basically in front of a frozen door, sort of. And I, I'm putting on the timer now, mm. so it's ticking. Okay. Uh, yeah. Welcome, King Billy. I require your assistance. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I'm busy <laughs> trying to get loot. Now you take me out of my take me out of my element. Loot? Ha! How uncivilized. Uh, I need you to bust down this door, obviously. Well, if you're powerful enough to summon me from God knows where to God knows where we are now, couldn't you have just fireballed the door and melted it yourself? Yeah, but I don't like getting sweaty. <sighs> so so you, you see, you see, the door is kind of uh, it's frozen shut with like a thick, thick level uh, uh, layer of ice on it. So uh, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I suppose I 
using my superior dwarf knowledge of <laughs> doors. Just yeah, use brute force. Have to weigh it. Use brute force, King Billy. That's oh. that's why I need you, you silly dwarf. <sighs> yeah, you obviously have your weapons with you because you were in the middle of a raid. So, all right. Well, let's let's get to it, I guess. <laughs> so I'll start chiseling away at this icy door. You do owe me for that time at the brothel. <laughs> what? <laughs> all right, you're, you're hitting the door. There's the there's the um, alarm. <laughs> the spell. All right, good, good, good start. Wow. Okay, and that was uh, one very intense and brief moment of D and D. Are we out of character again? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, end scene. Okay, good, good one, Billy. Yeah, nice, uh, nice summoning there. Nice reaction. Huzzah! <laughs> this is weird. Are you gonna just do this? One minute and change the players every <laughs> every episode or what? Well, I'm not sure about the format yet. Uh, I'm sure we figure something out. But I think uh, it worked well with uh, <laughs> Billy because uh, then we can see if it works the next time, right? Yeah. It's just hilarious and, uh, that it stops after one minute. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. one minute ish. I I could I could stop it for like giving uh, yeah. to explain what's going can on. Can you at least stuff. give Billy uh, like an indication? What was his was his uh, works uh, any, in any way successful? Did it look like he was going to get through that door? Yeah, I think uh, he has like a magical axe. I mean, he is a king after all, isn't he? Dwarf king. So mm. obviously his axe is enchanted with a lot of magic and stuff. So, mm. And as he swings it at the door, you know, the magical energies are, you know, sort of in... Uh, they're very visual. So it, nice. it looks good. It looks good as it swings. I tried to uh, establish why he was actually... Like contract bound to my service. Oh yeah, yeah. That's why I, I said I this know. sentence about the, he he owed me for that time right. in the brothel. Oh cool! You're trying to make some sort of context uh, yeah. for why. Yeah, that's a good uh, so good thinking just, there. That's, that's uh, ten to... experience points for you for, oh, thank uh, you. for uh, trying to help the story um, on and uh, and Billy he actually dinged um, straight away. So because he, you know he obviously he was in the raid, so he only he needed like one XP. Oh yeah, nice. Uh, the thing. <laughs> so he's okay. uh, he's now level uh, like uh, ten. Can we level yeah. up something uh, right now, or do we have to wait until the next episode? No, no, no. Uh, no. Uh, yeah, he's. Uh, uh, I mean, Billy can obviously. Oh yeah. Okay. But I you, have... you haven't you haven't leveled up. Okay. So what do you want to level up, uh, Billy? <laughs> oh, um, let me see. I don't know. What do I get to level up? Can I oh, uh, level up my resistance to being summoned out of a raid? <laughs> Good yeah, one. Yeah. Magic, magic resistance. <laughs> there you go. That's what I want. now on 99%, so you're fairly safe for uh, next time. God damn it. Obviously, you will level up after the summon ends, maybe. Yeah. Or something, so you don't get stuck So here. this might be the last favor I can call on, call on for King Billy, the 37th. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Yeah, unless you roll really, really well on a, on a, like a dice. Okay, and then uh, I would like to when when I next time when I get the chance, I would like to level up my magic uh, <laughs> power, so I can keep, try, keep trying to summon King Billy. <laughs> yeah, as far as you know, you know you can still summon him. You, you don't know yet if uh, you will be able to. But okay, cool. Yeah, nice. Yeah, that was one sticky situation that I pulled uh, King Billy out from in that brothel. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He's afraid that I will tell his family, so I'm <laughs> basically blackmailing him to do like physical labor for me. Yeah, some sort of uh, blackmail area. Yeah, All right, cool. yeah, that's the that's the segment done. Nice.
dwarf fact. So Lars, do you have a dwarf fact for us? Yeah, I sort of had like um, uh, a new idea for the dwarf fact this week, actually, or this uh, this uh, episode. Really? Because uh, it, it turns out I made sort of sort of like a teleport device. Um, so I was thinking like as a dwarf fact, I wanna show the fact of actually going down to the dwarf uh, holes to find the facts, which I do, you know, have to do before every uh, all all episodes. Okay, yeah. on uh, audio only, I guess. Yeah, on audio. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah I don't know any other way. Is that uh, a good format for here <laughs> or for that? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I must have always also made uh, some sort of audio device which I can take down there. Mm. With a very good reception, some sort of spell, I guess. Or we could always pretend that you're showing us video, and we can just, ooh, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> and the listener will be like, oh, I want to see you. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about video, but you know, if I'm gonna wear the cloak of invisibility, mm-hmm. I'm not sure how that that would work. Oh, you know? Yeah, guess they would see the camera sticking out. Yeah, that's the thing. Poking or out. and other other things sticking out as well. Mm. So. Is that your yes. camera, or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> <laughs> well, if it looks like a camera, it <laughs> okay. But uh, I'm I'm derailing you here. So, uh, what's going on? So just let me get my pants off so I can put on the invisibility cloak. Oh, I see. Yeah. And um, I'm just gonna, you know, press this button, and I'm off, I suppose. So uh, maybe I can get a countdown or something. Okay, so you're gonna teleport into the to your normal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. I haven't tested it yet, so. Okay, uh, go ahead. Three, two, one. Press the button. Hello. 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 Yeah, we hear you. Do you hear me? Yes. Good. Uh, how is the reception? It's pretty good. Are you somewhere else now? Is it is, is it good? That's uh, good to hear. Yeah, <laughs> I'm now in the library. What the hell? This is so exciting. It feels like I'm on Dead Zone the podcast with all his, with all his acting. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm standing here and I can see quite clearly now the bookshelves in uh, some sort of li- library. Are there no guards that I can hear you? Uh, yeah, that, that's an actual issue, isn't it? I haven't thought about that. <laughs> I've never spoken on here before. You might have to teleport out again real quick. Yeah, I have some I have some, uh, sort of uh, emergency switch uh, quarter okay. So uh, hopefully that will work. Are you gonna try to, to swipe uh, or steal some sort of book or some documents uh, right now live, or what are you trying to do? No, no, I'm just gonna read uh, a book or two. Okay. Uh, but this is just to show if it works. You know, some, uh, I don't have to actually. Uh, I guess I can find a dwarf fact live uh, somehow. Or bring it back to us, to the studio, and we can uh, talk uh, when you have your proper uh, reception, uh, your proper sound. I, I don't know if I want to steal or become a thief, uh, uh, you know. <laughs> uh, if I ever go into, on vacation maybe, to some sort of dwarf realm, I don't want to be uh, wanted. So, uh, But let me just t- pick a book at random, yeah. and I'll, 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 I'll show you guys. All right. All right, so I'm taking out this book. I can see it's quite large, uh, and also it's uh, it's red, uh, gold trimmings, mm-hmm. and uh, in gold it's uh, 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 sort of uh, embroidered into the cover. It says uh, 
my rock. Okay, you okay. found a good one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I opened the book and I can see now clearly it is some sort of poem book. So uh, I'm not sure how interesting that will be. Uh, not uh, very, but I'm sure for the dwarves it's quite interesting. Oh, yeah. Yes, uh, it must be because I can see here now it's just uh, the, the word rock written in dwarven uh, over and over again. <laughs> Uh, and um, yeah, it's the pages are very sticky for whatever reason. I'm oh not my. quite sure. Oh uh, my. So I think I put did, this back. Did you say poem book or porn book? No. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, we got a bit of combination of the two. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh no! I think I heard someone coming along. So. Oh, you better, better teleport I, back. Oh, I, I, I'm switching the switch right now. Here we go. Ah. Oh, I'm oh, back. You're back. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can hear you better now with your normal reception. Ah, oh, you. That was uh, that was close. Excited. I could see uh, he was uh, there was a dwarf approaching me, and uh, he was looking around, obviously hearing my voice. So it was he was quite confused, yeah. and uh, also he might have seen. I had to drop the book on the floor, sadly. So. Um, you know, he he just heard a voice, a book dropped to the floor. Uh, you know, oh, shit. but your and, invisibility uh, cloak uh, saved you apparently. Yes, it seems like it. So he didn't actually see me, but uh, but I think I, I just before I teleported back, I saw that the the page, it, uh, the book kind of flipped open and landed on a specific page mm -hmm. uh, with the word "rock" written in dwarven quite erotically. So Ooh, uh, I'm glad I'm uh, glad I got out. You're glad you dropped the book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm very glad I did that actually. Wow. So yeah. What so, do you say? Uh, what do you say? Billy, is this proof that he actually goes down into these dwarf uh, mines, or uh, I, I see no better proof, honestly. Yeah, best, I mean, well, yeah, the best proof you've presented so far. Yeah, I mean, uh, people were doubting, but uh, you know, now they should, uh, they, sh they should be convinced. Now there should I, be no question. <laughs> I, I never doubted for a second. No, no, nice. I, I know you, Billy. You're, you're a fellow uh, dwarf lover and a borderline dwarf yourself, so... It's true. Uh, I'm not tall, and I have a beard. Uh -huh. So, Lars, are you are you uh, going to get your pants on now? Uh, I know oh, that yeah. the invisibility me, uh, <laughs> cloak, the cloak demands nudity to work, so... Uh, Get your pants on. And, uh, yeah. and my pants on. And, uh, Let me know when you are uh, appropriately dressed. Then I can uh, continue. Yeah. All right. Just give me uh, two seconds and uh, I'll be back. I'm going to mute uh, the microphone for, for a little bit. Okay. Good. Well, he's got to uh, yeah. take care of some business after reading that book. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's got to get it off his mind. <laughs> that was uh, intriguing stuff. Felt like I was on the. Uh, radio theater uh, for a while alright uh, I'm back good okay yeah well done so that was today's dwarf fact I guess uh, yeah I mean uh, they have poems apparently so that's uh, that's a bonus fact porn and well, poems that's good yes. rock hard <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're usually very hard yeah <laughs> okay very good uh, any comments Billy before we move on uh just one. Uh, when are we gonna get uh, a printed volume of all of the dwarf facts? Like, when is that gonna exist? You know, I was I was thinking about this, but uh, I had to shut the project down because Fred was not impressed. 
but I made sort of a wiki page, uh, a, a giant dwarf uh, podcast wiki page, which I started on. So, but uh, but I Fred was not impressed. I, w- so I wasn't I was impressed, unsure. but that was because there was nothing on there. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you're supposed to contribute, right? It's a wiki. Oh, oh I see. Well, I actually didn't understand uh, what was going on. But you can always just kind of self-publish it on Amazon, and then I think you can order, like, printed versions. Just oh, yeah. do that. That's a good idea, actually. I, I will order one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should uh, make, like, a, a tome. But, Lars, aren't you always going on memory? Like, you have to... It would be like your memoirs of Dwarf Facts, wouldn't it? I am actually writing uh, all of them down. So. Okay, but you're not uh, taking anything out. Except for a few out. that I did, uh, but they're all on tape, aren't they? So that's true. That's true. So I should be able to get them, uh, to look them up, and just have to listen through hours and hours of our own podcast. Yeah, without which, skipping uh, anything, of course. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Of course. Uh, I think we are pleased now with this Adore fact for today. Very exciting, uh, Lars, that you brought us uh, on this safari, uh, dungeon, I don't know, cave spelunking uh, uh, voyage. Yeah, yeah, no problem. It's, mm-hmm. um, it's uh, you know, I, I felt like it was due time now to sort to of show us some. Yeah. Nice. Fuck me! Games and hobby. Billy, what have you been up to? Well, <laughs> uh, no, I, I I do a bunch of stuff. Um, so if you haven't looked at it, I've uh, I contribute to the Dash Twenty Eight uh, website, which is like a it's kind of like the Warhammer community, but it's for Kings of War. And so there's a lot of different information on there. But we have a they we're currently doing a challenge. It's kind of like the Tale of Four Gamers of White Dwarf past. And uh, anyway, I'm I'm doing an Abyssal Army for that, and so we have to paint a certain number of points every month. So um, actually, at this time of recording, uh, there, my my latest article should be out um, about my Abyssal Archfiend. Um, but anyway, we're just challenging each other for kind of bragging rights, and uh, so I'm I'm doing that. And currently, I'm working on some gargoyles and basusu, so that'll be my next thing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I'm also painting dwarves in between because I have to. Because I love dwarves, <laughs> so I just finished another regiment of Brock Rider cavalry. Um, they're these uh, metal miniatures from the assault group. They're like dwarf, like late Germ- late medieval German knights on ponies. Oh yeah, yeah, I've seen those. They look they look great. Thank you. Yeah, so uh, I'm having fun with those, and then. Um, uh, at Adepticon, they've been showing off all the new Star Wars Legion stuff, so I broke out all the rest of my scout troopers I haven't painted, and I assembled those, and so hopefully I'll be painting those pretty soon as well. Nice. Um, yeah, so just you know, little bits and bobs here and there. Um, I need to do some more Dwarf Rangers before a tournament in the summertime, but I also need to do my display board in the next two weeks, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> That's nice. Okay, so uh, yeah, I've, I have seen that you contribute quite a lot to this Dash 28 page. So, um, but that's really cool that you have this, um, I guess, kind of challenge going between you guys uh, every month. Um, weren't you also, wasn't there some sort of vote going on uh, earlier? There was. So you could um, basically, um, you earn points by painting enough stuff. So I think the maximum you can get per month is like three. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Jake decided he was going to have a vote, so like we'd post up our favorite thing we've painted so far and, and let the Kings of War community vote on which yeah. one they thought was their favorite, and you get some bonus points. So I, um, being a brilliant marketer, 
uh, posted it up on my personal Facebook and just said, "Hey, everybody, go and like my pictures and no one else's pictures." Oh, so yeah. So you started that uh, the like the promotion run. Exactly. Oh, That's what you got to do. That was a very traumatizing experience because uh, I was like, who am I going to vote for? Because you were like, vote on my stuff. And then Jake followed suit, I think, and like, vote for me. And I was like, oh, <laughs> no, I don't want to choose between these. <laughs> it's like a young child being torn between his parents. Yes. <laughs> my uh, God. Exactly That's how hard. I felt. So, uh, yeah, well done. <laughs> well, just think, which parent is more likely to beat you? <laughs> yeah. If or you which, don't vote for them, or which one looks the most like a dwarf, which should be there always be the the winning uh, criteria. <laughs> Jake is like a foot and a half taller than me. Definitely not dwarf stature. Yeah, he's not a part of the five foot seven club. Absolutely I don't know what not. race he would be actually. I mean, in a sort of a. He's a half elf wizard. Is he? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. I think so. Half elf, half like bog troll. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so not of course the unspoken half man, but uh, half something else. Yeah. 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 Cool. Well, that's good. So yeah. you're actually keeping quite busy then with uh, on the hobby side, uh, Billy. Oh um, yeah, always. Have you played any actual games recently, or has it gone mostly into painting time? Um, I have. Um, so yesterday, so this Saturday, the. Uh, basically, we we did turn two of our campaign, and I played a game uh, against elves. My opponent, uh, he he has a uh, those samurai that came out from that Kickstarter, uh, and so he's oh, running. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so he's running those as elves right now, um, and I nearly tabled him, which was incredible. Uh, yeah, it was a great game. We played loot, and then um, in that campaign, there's a bunch of extra like scenario stuff and and goofy things with the terrain, so we had to worry about all that, but. Uh, Nope, the dwarves came out on top. I won loot against elves, so that that's, will never happen again. Wow, that's uh, good. Uh, quite the accomplishment. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, King William the Thirty Seventh was shot to death on, on top of a hill by the last oh, yeah. remaining unit on the elf side. He had. Or like, was he just it? summoned? <laughs> yeah, because oh, he <laughs> so it, he didn't get his loot. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, what's funny is he was he was holding loot. He was holding a loot counter, and then he got shot. Oh, <laughs> he tried. So he came back after being, you know, teleported back. Finally got some loot, and then got shot off. Oh, that's hilarious! So Look did, at that. So he did get killed off in the in the D and D episode. Anyway, then Lars. Yeah, that, uh, maybe. Yeah. We'll see. Maybe you can like <laughs> go back in time and see what happened. Or maybe it was uh, chained, summoned. Somehow, so it just after he got back, got killed, he was summoned again, and then resurrected by some sort of crazy necromancer or whatever. Or by Fred Meister. For, fortunately, when I rolled on the injury table, he was fine. He just uh, right. okay. there you yeah, go. He, he didn't get killed or anything. Yeah. I, it, it was uh, I think I rolled like captured results, so he was captured by the enemy. So I'll just tell people Ooh. that I was summoned by Fred Meister, the wizard, mm-hmm. out of out of the game. That's what happened. So you were captured by the enemy and maybe put into bondage? Yes. <laughs> and so I saved you again from a sticky situation with Fred Meister. So he owes me double now. That's fair. <laughs> okay. I have a question about the Dash uh, 28 uh, page, right? Uh, if you want to f- uh, like open your browser and find that page, what it- do you do? <laughs> 
Oh, um, you type dash 28.org, and it'll take ah, you yeah. straight there. Yeah. So the, no, the number's 28, but not the, like, not the number, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But not the numbers for dash. <laughs> no, just kidding. So D A S H number two number eight dot org. Yep, that'll do it. That'll take you straight there. Uh, I uh, do admit I that I also ha I've been I always need two and or three tries to find it because I do dash twenty eight dot com, no, dash twenty eight dot net, no, and then oh yeah, I'll try org and then yay. <laughs> Usually Maybe you can goes. just Google I just need to learn it. Yeah, sure. I was I interrupted you, Billy. Sorry, were you saying something? Hmm? Were you no. saying something when I rudely cut you off? No. Uh, I oh oh, just that. Uh, I can't remember what my name that I had voted for for Dash Twenty Eight was. I think I had said it was a like because we went through a voting process to figure out what the name would be. Oh yeah. And I can't remember what the one I suggested was. Dwarf King. Oh well. Dot org. Yes, that sounds accurate. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, Lars, how about your games and or hobby? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, it's not really my hobby, but I've been doing a bit of... Um, lately, I've been looking at uh, photos of other people's uh, hobby, uh, and specifically uh, the Walking Dead game uh, things and, you know, terrain and stuff. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a lot of cool things, and... Uh, I mean that game. I haven't uh, haven't played it that often. My brother has like uh, I played with my brother uh, a few times, mm -hmm. and uh, it's a really cool game. Uh, but it can make like super cool tables, which is probably what draws me the most towards that game. Sort of because yeah. <laughs> it can make uh, yeah, you can make tables taken out from movies and, and stuff if you like. Uh, some people made like a Walking Dead uh, table from uh, you know with uh, the original one. No, not Walking uh, Dead. Um, Night, of, Night of Living Dead? Night of Living Dead, yeah. Not Walking Dead, Living Dead, yeah. Okay. That house, <laughs> which was pretty cool. Um, um, I can't find it right now. But, uh, I just saw today they had released this pretty large uh, like storage building or something, like a warehouse from the series. Right. Uh, did you see that? I think it was... Didn't someone uh, say it was like a Mantic-produced ter terrain? Do they know if they make terrain, uh, Billy? Like, I don't think so, but I know they sell like third-party terrain on their site sometimes. I'm gonna look right now. Oh yeah, let's check that out. This is an interactive podcast where we are free to Google <laughs> things occasionally. Uh, yeah. So like they've got the Green Family Farm, and let me see. It doesn't say who produced it, but uh, yeah, they sell the Green Family Farm. It's got a tractor, hmm. some hay bales. That's, That's cool. cool. Uh, also know that uh, V Dog has enjoyed building and making his own scenery, like um, just as a kind of a, uh, like a change of pace from from fantasy. Uh, you know, instead of always making a, a fence and the wood, you can make like a burnt-out car and a gasoline yeah. station. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Yeah, it's, it's so much cool stuff actually. Uh, they do it. Hmm. I'm sure you can use the. Um, uh, terrain crates, uh, very. I mean, for that game, it's perfect, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Um, so they are going going to expand the game. I think they kind of expand it all the time, really. Uh, I just saw some news that they were going to release a new kind of. I don't know if they called it waves or not. Like Wave Five is coming out or, or something like that. Uh, uh -huh. Apparently, 
they kind of change the focus a little bit. Like, uh, but although although I do I do just think it's getting it's getting more and more focused on like surviving the survivors in different war bands gonna fight each other. Like, you can it's almost <laughs> like Guild Wars. You you can buy like one complete war band, one of the leaders you know from the TV show sort of, and they fight each yeah. other. So it's like it seems like less and less being about the uh, actually the walkers. They're like just an annoying <laughs> just side. Just like in the uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, yeah, it fits. It does. <laughs> yeah, it does. but uh, I think that's fine. I mean, uh, I don't mind the game. Uh, the zombies don't have to be, you know, the main focus. I think they can just be there as like a prop sort of. I think that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Yeah. Um. Did and you uh, you finished one piece of your dead zone terrain, Lars? Didn't you? Yes, I did. A uh, bunker thingy. It's even. And we played play. on it as well, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, it's even been played. Better game. Yeah, it's, uh, the train has uh, been uh, played on. Yeah, um, and uh, and yeah, and you talked about. I think on last the last episode, you you talked about the your vermin strike team that you painted. Yeah. So um, yeah. yeah, I haven't done much hobby since then. I don't think, except for that terrain piece that I painted. Mhm. Um, yeah, I've been doing. Painting for Dead Zone as well. Uh, I finished that uh, Forge Father strike team mm, in, in, rec- in record time. Uh, I think I spent uh, like two hours assembling and two hours painting, <laughs> like total. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty cool when you can do that. I did go for like black armor, which saved so much time. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. But if you want to speed paint, you have to cut corners. And, yeah, and I just really wanted to get a strike team ready and. I'm I'm missing the bases though. Oh, did you find some some bases that you, I could, I could get uh, by the way? Yeah, I have them in my backpack, so we can I can give them to you tomorrow. Okay, great. Yeah, because uh, I'm I got ten, missing ten of base. them. That's perfect. Yeah, because I'm missing the bases, so I can't actually play right now. But I'll just <laughs> glue them on the bases <laughs> and uh, and yeah, and get them to the because I've been painting my orcs, but it's been going so slow. And uh, yeah, it was great to just get a quick strike team out. And the dwarves are so expensive that uh, you know nine models. That's a strike team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can fit nine in a strike team. Yeah, yeah, you could even. But I do think if uh, you, I've heard of people playing like three. Dwarfs in a strike team. <laughs> that you... sounds like more of what mine look like. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I I only have the sprue for the steel warriors, so I only have steel warriors. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I have eight yeah. steel warriors and a gu- and, and a forge lord. That's basically it. <laughs> Good work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I so... I do really well with the with the dwarves. They're really good. You've been playing a little Dead Zone too, Billy. Oh yeah, we love it in our club as well. It's it's our good like get a quick game and not care about who wins kind of game. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Okay. It's so uh, it's a good uh, good uh, change of pace. But yeah, I usually run um, one of the characters, whichever one. I have mine all modeled to be like Star Wars characters. So all my Steel Warriors are Stormtroopers, and then like oh, yeah. I have like a Forge Lord who's. Uh, it was Darth Vader with like a big old glowing red hammer. Oh, nice! <laughs> so <laughs> and, nice. And uh, yeah, I usually just run like the character, and then like two dudes with the big heavy machine guns, and then like as many steel warriors as I can fit. Yeah, nice one. Yeah, that's pretty much my plan too. Just because I, I I usually I started the uh, I always start trying some expensive guys like oh I'll have this big guy and this special guy and this guy's the flamer and this guy's the heavy bolter or whatever and I usually just find that it's better to just have more guys with a normal rifle just to 
take more shots, basically. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the Steel Warriors are so good. They shoot really well. They're pretty survivable. And uh, I think their, their basic weapon has armor piercing, which is incredible. Yeah. And their basic warriors have armor. So it's like... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's powerful. Yeah, I can't wait to try them out. I think my rat's going to struggle, actually, against, uh, against them. <laughs> yeah, because might. of the armor. They might. <laughs> um, other things hobby-wise, I... Uh, I've been talking about these a lot, but I, I finished the firebrand formation. So I guess this is the last time I'll talk about those. The three Corsair troops and the firebrand, they're done. Uh, and uh, packed okay. them in a foam tray and delivered it over to my brother. Well, I dropped it off at uh, Jens's house, technically, but it's it's possible for him to come and pick it up, kind of. So that was nice to be done with those. Uh, I logged hours, actually, on that work. And... Uh, Spent uh, roughly a work week in getting it done, like around th 35 or 37 hours mm. of work. Yeah. It was quite a bit of conversion. Each model had a shotgun and a hat, as you have probably seen. Um, so uh, I'm going to be uh, sad when they die first in every game, because <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're going to be like a shaft kind of a role, uh, I assume at least. The troops usually die first in the game. Yeah, I mean, they they, they can be used as chaff, uh, I mean, if you need to. <laughs> And uh, after that, I had a hobby day yesterday, actually, uh, at the Jens' house. And I helped him to build some archers and stuff for Empire of Dust. He's going to try some Empire of Dust uh, uh, right. project going forward. Yeah. A little, little cool. conversion work, uh, some basing, some, like, some multi-basing. And I just grabbed some random models that I had lying around and I was able to finish up uh, one troop of mummies and one a standard bear on a horse from my undead and one revenant king almost done, like 90% done so I was pretty happy to and those have been sitting on my paint desk for like so many months and I've never got around to doing them but this was a great opportunity to just sort of bring them along and then just get some stuff done so that was uh, a perfect day with the hobby and uh, yeah, and social as well. Hobby and some beers and uh, some PlayStation afterwards. Perfect. Nice. So that's for me. For the yeah, we played a game or two Dead Zone recently, and uh, I, sp I don't think I um, my King's War game recently. I think was before the last podcast. It was probably when I whined about Blizzard, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. Got Blizzard off again. <laughs> Op Blizzard. Uh, Blizzard. How do you think about Blizzard, Billy? I have not used it a lot yet. Um, I think when I start getting more infantry done for my door farming, I'll be able to fit it in more. But like as of right now, I just have the one stone priest, and so it's hard to. He's got other stuff he needs to be doing besides blizzarding. So yeah. Have you tried any of those new Vanguard dwarf troops? Like in, I've tried. I'd. I've tried the flame priests. They're amazing. Mm -hmm. Um. Because it's just, you know, you can get a cheap wizard. I took a list where I had, um, I used some of my older dwarf army. Um, I have two dwarf armies. I have my old plastic games workshop one. And then I have my new one that I'm working on that's all like old hammer dwarves and stuff. So anyway, oh, yeah. I used some of the old plastic ones to proxy some, some more infantry. And I took two flame priests and I took weakness on both of them. Oh. And it was incredible. <laughs> they, oh, yeah. I mean, you, you you just weakness everything. And I mean, uh, what's cool about having two is if you fail, 
you know, you've got the other one if you really need to get a crucial one off, or you can just kind of weakness a bunch of stuff, and uh, it really helps out. Um, and I've used I've used the Steel Juggernaut once. He was unfortunately killed really early, but I see a lot of potential in him. Um, he got run over by Soul Reaper Infantry, so. <laughs> okay. Uh, not a lot you can do about those guys, but I think in, in most other situations, he's really valuable. Like, I gave him the Blade of Slashing. I've heard a lot of people talk about giving him Inspiring or giving him the Banner of the Griffin. Okay, yeah. And, and then uh, basically just putting him in flanks and killing stuff. Cool, yeah. I really love those. I think Dwarves almost got the best deal of those Vanguard models. Um, uh, Lars, have you tried any of those new new additions no. to the Dwarf Army? No, I haven't. Uh, I haven't looked at it even. I'm, uh, I mean, I haven't played Dwarves in two years. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. But um, <laughs> I love how like they fixed that problem. People have been whining about the Stone Priest. He's like too expensive because he comes with Surge. Ah. Like already, well, he already pays for Surge. And he's the only spellcaster, yeah. or was. Anyway. Was yeah. So how they kind of fix that by just okay? Here's a flame priest, and he comes with like fireball, and you can buy mm. all the other spells if you want to. But he's so much cheaper because he doesn't come with that like surge tax, I guess you could call it. <laughs> yeah, because if you don't have anything to surge, if you don't play, uh, mm -hmm. you know, elementals, then you know that's a lot of tax. Yeah, exactly. So that was a really good move, and I really like the idea of. Using that Vanguard uh, Steel Juggernaut guy, he's just so cool. I would, if I played Dwarfs, yeah. I, would, I would throw in one or two of those in, like right away. It would fit in very good in my old Dwarf uh, in, uh, Dwarf Infantry uh, army. Oh yeah, absolutely. It would be perfect. Indeed. All right. So I think that was games and hobby for everyone. Nimble. <laughs> So let's do some uh, epic moments, or awkward moments, that's also allowed. <laughs> uh, Billy, do you want to start this one? Do I have to just pick one? <laughs> uh, no, you can pick a couple if you want. Okay, All right. I, I, I think, because I'm not a regular guest, I have to go through a couple. Um, <laughs> sure. So sure. I'll pick, I'll pick a, I'll pick a game-related one, Yeah. and I'll pick a, uh, just like a being in real life related one. So my game related one, epic moment wise, um, I guess uh, this last game I played this past weekend, um, uh, I charged, or rather my uh, my friend charged his big ol' epic new fancy dwarf or uh, elf dragon. It's mm -hmm. my army standard bearer behind my lines. I was like, okay, that's fine. So I turned my greater earth elemental around, mm -hmm. and I was going to surge him. He was two, two inches away. You know, uh, Stone Priest have Surge 8. Oh, yeah. I cast Surge 8. I got one success. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Oh. So the dwarf, so, so the elf dragon st stood there. Uh, well, anyway, he ended up charging something else close by, but fortunately I had set up a couple of other charges. And so um, I had my Berserker Lord in place. I had the um, regular elementals in place, the greater elemental in place, and a troop or uh, a little regiment of the Throwing Mastiffs. So the Throwing Mastiffs got a rear charge on the dragon and did like nine wounds. It was insane. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then the the Berserker Lord and King Billiam ended up uh, doing the rest of it. So I think I did a total of like 17 or 18 wounds to it. So I killed the new epic fancy 75 mil dragon 
in one round and half the damage was dealt by dogs. <laughs> that was my epic gaming moment. Um, and then nice. so as part of the campaign, you get to apply MVP status to one of your one of your units from the game, mm-hmm. and uh, they get an extra experience point. I was gonna pick that unit of dogs until my other horde of earth elementals had just killed three units all by itself. I was like, well, never mind. These guys are getting it. <laughs> um, and then uh, my real life moment was actually more just a lot of moments. But uh, when we were in in Norway, you know, I learned a, a few basic you know phrases and stuff. And then like I would try to you know like order my coffee or whatever, and then people would just immediately speak back to me in oh, English without you, even, like, uh, asking. Yeah. You tried to apply. <laughs> you tried, like, to apply what you knew, and uh, you were met with, like, uh, yeah, okay. There, there was one time we walked in and like, didn't even say a word, and they're like, all right, here's the English menu, and I was like, how do you, how do you even know? <laughs> I have a big beard. Uh, I look like a Norwegian I'm, I'm, lumberjack. <laughs> I could be the reason the lumberjack. If I had the sweater, they wouldn't have second guessed it. If I had bought the sweater, they'd have been like, "Oh yeah, you're yeah, not yeah, right. yeah, sure." Oh, that man. was the first mistake. Okay, <laughs> so your your plans to to just uh, slip unseen into the Norwegian society it failed. Failed miserably. Oh, but yeah, that was it was just too funny because like I, you know I, I spent not a huge amount of time but I tried to learn a couple small phrases hello you know mm-hmm. uh, how much is this uh, I'll have two coffees please you know yeah. stuff like that and it was just like <laughs> oh man oh yeah here's our English menu okay oh. well credit for trying <laughs> I just, you know, because uh, you hear a lot about, like, other European, like, my friend of mine went to Italy, and she was like, nobody spoke English there. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't want that to happen, so. But, uh, yeah, everybody was amazing and polite and wonderful, so. I guess you're, it was more uh, just like, I felt like I wanted to, to use some of that knowledge, and then I didn't get to. So. Yeah, I see what you mean. It's, uh, uh you kind of want to use some of the knowledge, and, you know, it's. I, I guess you always also feel like you you're trying to be, um, I don't know, friendly and polite and show that you actually, you know, care a little bit about learning the local, some some words, and not just sort of, yeah, you know, I'm I'm a tourist, I don't care I'm about you. I'm American, I'm a turkey-eating American, I don't yeah. care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to learn anything. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's good. I, yeah, this, uh, we appreciate you trying, Billy. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, sure. We, you know... <laughs> It's like me, I, I tried to uh, learn some Welsh words when I went to Cardiff. and uh, yeah. Cardiff never, is Welsh. Yeah, I never used any of them. And uh, it was the same feeling, like, oh, I should have tried to use a couple of those words, but uh, I failed. <laughs> well, like, and, like, I was, at the, I was at the train station when we arrived, and, like, I asked someone, you know, do you speak English in Norwegian? And she's like, of course I speak English. Like, like I was an asshole for asking her if she spoke yeah. English. <laughs> <laughs> like that was the only experience I had where someone was even remotely like short with me when I was in Norway. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it was it. just it was just super funny because I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm in, just trying the, to be polite. And the other and the and the other country that would be like you being polite, like making sure <laughs> it's is it okay if I speak English? And she was like, what do you take me for a fool? Uh, yeah, she was yeah. not. No, it wasn't just me. It was like you could tell she was having a rough day. <laughs> It also, nice. we have a bit, uh, you know, we uh, Americans uh, can annoy us a little bit, you know, in Norway, you know, when they come come along. Yeah. Oh, well, 
Sorry. <laughs> Take my tourist dollars to Sweden next time. Thank you very much. Oh. Lars, oh, march you across the ice. Yeah, go, go across the ice to Sweden. Yeah. Across the ice, yeah. You don't even have to buy like a ferry. Just, just walk past. We don't get any of that dollar. No. Oh, man. Um, so those uh, dogs you were talking about um, in your game, that was, was is that a new unit? Like, uh, mass, is the Mastiff Hunting Pack, is that it? Yeah, I think they came out in the last Clash of Kings pack in okay. 18. But they're not definitely not uh, like a vanilla unit in, no, in correct. the base. Yeah, they're, they're actually not terrible. Uh, they hit on fours, which is pretty incredible for like a chaff unit, and they have nine attacks. Mm, um, yeah. and, they're, and they're unit strength one, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. so, and they're 65 points. And so, like, I've played a game of control where I took one, or I took two of them, and I just put them in the opposite corner of where we were playing the game. Because, you know, we deployed mostly on the left. And I deployed all of my... I deployed my two dog troops all the way on the right. I left one in the very back corner, and I marched the other one every turn until he was in the other back corner. And so I had two control points. Because so. they are unit strength... Yeah. Did you mean they're unit strength two? Uh, they're actually only unit strength one because they're height zero. They were unit strength two until they nerfed it. Oh really? Oh yeah, okay. Because because uh, they are like a regiment of large infantry technically, but okay. So height one got 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 a special like a special decrease. Yeah, I think if you're height zero, uh, it's all units that are height zero are yeah. unit strength one. So. Oh, that makes sense. Well, that's cool. Yeah. I've never seen anyone use those, so it's cool that you are actually trying them out and that they are capable of uh, inflicting some damage. I think, I think the problem with uh, with dwarves is is like sometimes you'll you'll you won't have as much unit strength, and they're just a cheap way to get more unit strength in. That's mm. not just regiments of dudes that move four. You know, they're they're move six, so they're not super fast, mm -hmm. but um, they're sure. cheap enough that you can. Cool, I'm gonna throw them in the way so you don't get a flank on this unit. Or um, I like to give them the throwing mastiff upgrade, so then they have a shooting how does, attack. How does that work? <laughs> Well, use your imagination. I mean, it's <laughs> so so it's a group of dogs, and then they take the dog who's the most angry, who's the most like <laughs> excited about doing this. She's like, yeah, you go run over there and kill them, and the rest of them just stay behind. I think that's how it works. Oh, yeah, like you you try first. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, funny. Or, if, or is there a small pup that they, one of the larger dogs kind of takes in his, uh, you know, t uh, carries the dog up in in the collar or something, and then just tosses it at the enemy. Just flicks yes. it across the field, like yes. the pup launcher or something. Yeah. Cool. Do they uh, have nimble? They do not. Uh, no. I wish should, they did. They'd be so much be. better if they had nimble. Yeah. <laughs> a bit more expensive as well. Probably. Probably. So Lars, do you have any epic or awkward moments that you want to share? I think I have an epic moment, but I suspect it might be yours as well. I don't I'm, know. You know what? I think you are right. Does it have something to do with a grenade in Dead Zone? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll give yeah. it to you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we can share it probably. No, but I, I, have, I have two, so you can All right, okay. you can do this one. <laughs> yeah, so it's, we're talking about Dead Zone here. Uh, uh, that's our recent match. And uh, and Fred uh, managed to pick up a frag grenade and threw it at one of my little stalkers guys. Uh, two of them, actually. Innocent uh, little guys. And uh, one of them were blasted over a wall and right in front of like three orcs uh, or like two orcs and a, a goblin sniper I yep. think, in like the adjacent square. So I was like, it was very really funny. And I, the thing is, I couldn't really see 
where it landed because the, the, it was behind terrain. So I had to get up and look. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and I saw like all those orcs uh, or two of them uh, and that sniper rifle, uh, Goblin sniper with a sniper rifle just aiming at him. <laughs> yeah, like literally aiming right at him. Yeah. And the sniper hadn't activated that turn yet. So, and, yeah. and this rat was, I mean, I, I couldn't see any of them or my models couldn't see them because this wall was pretty was pretty tall, right? That your vermin was hiding yeah. behind, but it was not a, a complete wall. So when that frag grenade, when we rolled the direction, um, you didn't stop in the wall because it wasn't complete. So you <laughs> went over the wall and you fell down two stories, or mm. like two levels, and then you landed. Uh, and if you'd landed, if you'd landed in the in the same square as the sniper, it wouldn't have been that cool because then no, I would no. have I couldn't have <laughs> shot you right but you landed in the square right in front of the sniper and he was like oh hello <laughs> so next turn I and you were like lying down and I could just shoot you lying down almost like point blank range uh, and yeah that was that was really cool that was the coolest use of a frag grenade I've ever seen like uh, uh, like yeah, uh, with the blast effect hilarious. where you fell <laughs> into enemy lines like fuck <laughs> <laughs> and you were in this such a great defensive position. Like that was your. Per it was, yeah. It was even a. It, there was even a, um, like a victory point up there or two victory points. Yeah, they, they were actually standing on a victory point. Yeah. So uh, you were the like, token. haha, I got two dudes here standing on a victory point, and one of my was like, frag grenade, bitch, and then you just flew off the the victory point and into my lines. Yeah, that was that was great. That was funny. Yeah, it was cool. And, uh, but did you actually hit him with a sniper? No, the sniper <laughs> missed him on point blank range. <laughs> but then the orc next to him finished the job. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Yeah. he got taken out. Um, my epic moment is uh, also game related, and it uh, continues my hatred for Blizzard. When I after Ooh. after two games of my necromancer being one shotted by Blizzard. Uh, I bought the ensorcelled armor to get him up to defense 5 in a <laughs> desperate attempt to survive Blizzard. And I have to have this necromancer if I want to keep playing the formation with the two hordes of skeleton warriors. Uh, you know how they get iron resolve and all that. Yeah. So I wanted to keep trying this formation because it's just so tanky and defensive and, and good. But uh, I bought Defense 5, and he still got one-shotted by Blizzard. And this time it was Wee Dog who did it. <laughs> <laughs> and it was his turn one. He killed him. And I said, can we just start the game over again? Because I, 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 I don't want to continue with getting him one-shotted before I had my first turn. And he said, uh, just let's say he's, well, he's lost like five damage instead of like nine. And then okay. And right. he played on after that. So he kind of won the game <laughs> in turn one and then we backtracked and yeah so he was able to survive for a little bit longer but uh yeah and now my cat is uh, complaining that i have forgotten to feed her apparently yeah Shut up, cat go away kick it kick the cat that reminds <laughs> that reminds me of warhammer days when like uh turn one your wizard or whatever would dimensional cascade and kill like half your own army and you're like all right well let's just start over yeah, you you won yeah. you won that game. We're just gonna re-rack and try again. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I had the same feeling actually. <laughs> oh. But uh, yeah, this was a friendly game, obviously. So yeah, was, uh... yeah. Blizzard is old hammer bullshit. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I like I mean... it actually. I just uh, wish it was uh, there was a middle ground between D6 and oh D3 and D6 uh, blast. Like maybe it should have yeah. been D3, but had like 
extra piercing against individuals or something like that if, if you wanted a, or, like an individual sniper or d3 plus one or something like that yeah or d6 against individuals only i guess i mean it wouldn't help in my case of course but just to make yeah. it a more uh surgical tool but you wanted something to take care of uh individuals so yeah i know be careful what you, what you wish for right mm. <laughs> <laughs> I think what I like it for, and I haven't gotten to use it this way yet, but I like it for if, uh, um, like, especially in, in something like dwarves where you're kind of slow and I don't really use a ton of shooting. That way, if like something gets damaged and happens to run away, or like you can kind of try to kill it last turn, or mm -hmm. if um, someone has a, a token that's like really far away, or someone's like holding a quarter with like a troop of gargoyles or something, yeah. you can just pew shoot this thing really far and hopefully take them out. Yeah, that's what sure. I kind of yeah. want to do with it. But, yeah, that, mm. it works great for that, absolutely. So, uh, it's it's fun. I mean, I, I do like all the spells. I'm a fan of the of the direction it's going, so I don't want to complain too much. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Um, cool. Well, that was some uh, fun, epic moments. Um, and no real-life moments for me or Lars this time. That was uh, unusual. Haven't we... Have we actually not had any weird uh, real-life situations uh, come up? That's uh, unusual. I had one, but it's so dark and horrible. So I don't know if I want to even want to. No, let's not. Uh, let's not end on that. <laughs> 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 we'll end on a shiny, happy note instead. Yay! And it's not but... even recent. It's from years ago. So. Oh yeah, better, that's, that's just count. Yeah, doesn't count. Don't go digging up all your dark <laughs> history just to get an epic moment in. <laughs> Showbiz, you know, after uh, yeah, <laughs> have to give of yourself. <laughs> oh yeah, nice. We are uh, through the segments, so I guess we sadly have to end this episode. We're gonna uh, enjoy a turkey now that Billy has prepared for us. Yeah, I can't wait oh. for that turkey. Mm. Oh yeah. Smoked turkey. Never had one. You're going to teleport some uh, over? Really? I never had smoked turkey, I don't think, anyway. Oh, wow. It's uh, it's really good. Um, in fact, at, like fairs and stuff, it's kind of a big thing here. Like, you'll get a smoked turkey leg. Huh. You can go to, like, a little little cart and get a smoked turkey leg. Huh. Well, nice. you know, fun fact, the turkey was the original uh, U.S. state bird in before the bald eagle. And I guess they thought the bald eagle was more badass. <laughs> what, they really? Should've, they should have kept the turkey. Come on. I mean, I think the turkey is more like reminiscent of, you know, like the the pioneers and yeah, stuff. Yeah, sure. I don't know. The the bald eagle is more <laughs> suitable now with the aggressive uh, foreign power kind of a feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fun um, fact. I actually, um, so, so, so like our club patriarch, um, Gibney, mm -hmm. um, he's uh, not on Facebook all the time. But he, um, he's the the one who owns the rat house where we play. He works for uh, FedEx and stuff. And uh, well, anyway, uh, I've been wanting to try to get like a, a care package to send over. There's a couple weird things that like I want to send to you that like I realize that don't exist over there. So like there's this particular T-shirt that's fairly common in our city in some underground circles that I'm gonna get to send. Oh really? But um, yeah. If there's any like comic type stuff that you may or may want, Lars, because um, I know that I brought Fred some stuff, but oh, I didn't yes. uh, I didn't get to you in time. Um, I'd, I'd happy to yeah. throw some stuff in there for you. There's like I a love famous comic. Okay, yeah. Um, we'll, like, uh, I'll, I'll... With images on them, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's my favorite. The clothing. Cool. piece of clothing. <laughs> well, I will... Nice. I'll figure that out. Just give me like some favorite characters and things like that, and I'll try to I'll try to work some out because yeah. you know that's well, what the wife does. That's amazing. 
Yeah, the, I was very uh, grateful for that uh, Luffy miniature, from uh, One Piece miniature, uh, Billy, that I got from you and Shelly. That was super cool. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, we were really appreciative that you took the time out to, you know, A, make us that itinerary. Like, I can't be bothered to do that ever for anything, much less for, you know, not being paid to do it. So <laughs> I appreciate you, you know, taking time out to, to make sure... Our trip was enjoyable, which it was. So that's great to hear. Yeah, you're welcome. So uh, thank well, you so well. much for being on. It was great to chat to you again, Billy. Yeah, my my hope is that what what'll happen is eventually I'll invade your podcast enough times that I just become a host, kind of like Jeremy for Co host. That's not a bad yeah. idea. Yeah, I I will need some competition. There <laughs> you go. Yeah, you. Let's say that the one who paints the most during the following six months will be uh, our new steady third host. Either I win or Done. Billy. <laughs> that will stress I win out like hell. <laughs> oh. I mean, that's that's a done deal. I mean, I'm painting currently an Abyssal Army, so I've got at least a unit a month for that. Oh, God. Yeah, I win. You better get your paint stuff out. All right. Uh, We're marking it. What, so what... What is the end of six months? We'll say it's April. So April, May, June, July, August. So I by may, the end of September. <laughs> I may or may not have been completely serious, but uh, I'm sure we'll get you back on again at some point. Lars, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, once again in the one minute of D&D. &D. Yes. Yes. We have to finish that uh, arc. A very short arc. You know, uh, um, uh, we talked about bald eagles earlier, and uh, actually, in the Angry Birds movie, they actually drink bald eagle piss. So, yeah, a bit yeah. of a spoiler there, but um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, great! All right, bringing any, it around. Any more finishing <laughs> remarks, guys? <laughs> um, tits, tits and ass. Okay, that's stay that's... out of stay out of. <laughs> Amsterdam, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so, at least uh, the airport. Uh, yeah. Uh, I guess uh, that'll do us for tonight. Don't remember fight. To keep giant dwarfing. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, thanks a lot, uh, Billy, and uh, talk to you soon again, hopefully. Absolutely. All right. So, bye, everyone. This is Fred ah. signing off. Oh, no, not this again. And unless anyone else signs off. You yeah. don't have to do this, Billy. It's, it's Billy uh, signing off. Cool. So, Lars, <laughs> up to you. Right, fuck off. It's up to you. You're not right, signing I'm off? Signing. Lars signing off. Bye bye. Bye. <laughs> bye. bye. You can reach us on Twitter at KLW Oslo. Or you can contact us by email giantdwarfpodcast at gmail.com. <laughs>